This is the final installment of our um, Shiva Denachemta. It's number seven. And it will be, we won't have Shiva for the next couple of weeks because even though we don't actually eat lunch together, we never have uh, Shiva on Som Gedalia. Uh, the next uh, one is Yom Kippur and we'll all be busy. And the next one will be Chol So we'll meet next in four weeks. Uh, I will post those some archive Shirim on the list. So if you're, if you're interested, <coughs> you can do that. Um, this last Haftarah is, uh, is interesting for a couple of other reasons besides its normal interest as being part of Shiva Denachemta. So I'm going to start by actually pointing, going to page two and showing you a passage from Sefer Ha'itim. Sefer Ha'itim is one example of where this shows up. It's not only here. Sefer Ha'itim is a halachic book written in Spain in the 12th century. Um, Rabiuda Barceloni, Barcelona. And in it, he, he talks about the following minhag, which I have not yet seen practice, but, uh, is a minhag that's out there. Uh, Dovi, go to see you. We've missed you. He talks about, uh, what happens when we bring out two sifre Torah. Talks about those cases where we take out three sifreim like Shkalim and, and, uh, and, uh, Hanukkah, but also be a Chodesh. Um, uh, Safri Maftir, Karaba, Batra. Maftir is always the last Sefer. Okay. Shabbat Chanukah, Shkalim. Maftir, but a Chanukah, Shkalim. And the Haftarah follows that. All right. And his point is that it's the Maftir that drives the Haftarah on special days. And he quotes the Gemara and Megillah that we all know. It's like Napacha, Rosh Chodesh Adar, Shachal Yom Shabbat. Sin Shalosh Torot, Bekorim, Bechad, Binyanosh Shalyom. That's the Parsha. Chad Bishal Rosh Chodesh, Bechad Shachanukah, and now, what do we do with the Shabbat Chatan? Now, Shabbat Chatan itself is subject to some regional disagreement. Not disagreement, but the but, uh, dispersal. Um, in the world of Ashkenaz, what is Shabbat Chatan? It's what we call an ufruf. It's a Shabbat before a wedding. In the world of Sfarad, Shabbat Chatan is the Shabbat during the week of celebration that is commonly miscalled Shabbat Brachot. It even got funnier yesterday when somebody told me they were going to a Sheva Bracha because they're only going to one meal of the Sheva Bracha. All right. Um, in any case, um, and he says, why? There's many minhagim about what happens on Shabbat Chatan. In his world, Shabbat Chatan is the Shabbat after the wedding, the, that week. There are some places that take out two Sifrei Torah, when they read the parsha, look at that. They had a maftir. They they would read on Shabbat Chatan, which is Parshat Chatan. What's Shabbat Chatan? Avraham Zaken. What's Avraham Zaken? Avraham Zaken Babayamim. And then he calls the slave to go get a wife for Yitzchak. That whole beautiful parsha is is the parsha of Parshat Chatan. Have any of you ever seen that read, especially, besides Parshat Chaisa? No. Bakari Maftir, what's the Maftir? Bahaftarah shel, Haftarah is a misspelling. Haftarah shel Chatan Sos Asis. Now, this, by the way, is a custom that still uh, exists in some communities, that when the Chatan, meaning during the week, not before, and during the week after his wedding, gets the Aliyah, he gets Maftir, and he reads the special Haftarah Sos Asis instead of the regular Haftarah of that week. Right? He says, this minhag, of all the other ones, is the best minhag, 
Far Perash was that side. So I want to show that to you so you'd see that our Haftarah was used, and I believe in some communities still is used, but certainly was used in many communities as a special Haftarah for the Chatan. We'll see why when we get to the text. Uh, and question that I want to just pose as a thinking piece, and it's not listed on the questions, is, is there any correlation between this being selected as the final of the Shiva Denachemta and the fact that it is Parshat Chatan or the Haftarah of the Chatan? All right. Leave it and leave it there. Let's now take a look at the, at the Haftarah itself. And we'll go through the, uh, the text, make sure we understand the text. We'll look at the structure, try to get the message, as we always do, and then bring it together by trying to understand how this is the appropriate finale of the Haftarot. Now, I want to point two things out, um, one that I pointed out two weeks ago on last week and one that we haven't seen yet, about the Haftarot till now. If you remember, the first four Haftarot all had Nachem, Nachem, Nachem all over the place. It then dropped off <clears throat> in the fifth, and we haven't heard Nachem since. But the other piece is that all of the Haftarot are second person. It is the Navi talking to the people, talking about Hashem, talking to the people. It is never in the first person, meaning the Navi never speaks about himself. Now watch this. It is startling how it begins. Sos asis padunai. I will truly rejoice by, with Hashem or in Hashem. Tagel nafshi belohai. Right, same thing. He'll be shani big day yesha. He has clothed me in garments of salvation. Now, you understand the chatan here. Mi'il tzedakai cloak of righteousness. He's put on me. Kechatan yechahen pe'er v'chakala ta'adekeleha. So I'm decked out like a chatan rakala in all finery. Now, who's talking? We have to see. But it's not Hashem. Hashem is not the first person here because he's talking about Hashem. Well, who's this first person? It has to be the navi. So. What's going on? We saw this already in the previous Haftarah. The land giving forth all of its bounty and a garden giving out all of its seeds. Similarly, God is going to make all of his righteousness sprout forth. Now, this is a theme that already appears in the second half of Yeshayahu several times about tzedakah being something that you plant and that then then sprouts beautiful growth. And then he says, I will not be silent on behalf of Yushalayim. I did say until its justice comes out like a, a bright light. And its salvation like a burning torch. We took the very last line of our added um, the the stanza we added to Mausur from that line. And the nations will all see your righteousness. Who's your righteousness? And all the kings, meaning Yerushalayim. Again, talking to Yerushalayim. And you will have a new name that God will choose. Right? Again, for the city of Yerushalayim. You will be a, a crown of glory in the hands of Hashem. So this is all described until you two shalayim. So now it's all in second person like we're used to. And just stick with me. You will never again be called abandoned or desolate. Now remember, this is going back to Echa. 
responding to Eicha. No more. You will be called the city of my desire. But it's interesting because the mother of Menasheh, in any case, and the land will be called the land that has been, if you will, consummated by God. God desires you and your land will be. Now, Tibael, of course, in an earlier era would have been an un, you couldn't utter that phrase because it would have taken us back to the Baal. But Baal is already an old thing. We've forgotten we can, we can ignore it, which is, by the way, why, um, Ish Baal gets a nickname in Shmuel, which is Ish Boshet. In the time of Shmuel, we don't want to say the word Baal because Baal is a bad name. By the time this is written, Baal's already ancient history, and we're not concerned with using it. And the land will be greatly desired by God. God will consummate, as it were, his relationship with the land. Kiv al bachor betula, just like a young man consummates with a young woman. Your children will consummate with you. Your children will attend to you, you the land. By the way, notice, the children, the city, and the land are all now conflated into one addressee. And about and talk about each other. Umesos chatan al kala yasis alai chalawayek. Shlomo Alevi Alkabetz took his line in Chadudi from right here. A God will rejoice over you like the rejoicing of a chatan over kala. Are you seeing why this is the haftarah for a chatan? I mean, it's like slam dunk city. It's great. Al chamotayich yushalayim ifkadeti shomrim. Call hayom v'chol alayla. I'm stopping there because of the song. But I, I have appointed, now who's I? Have appointed Shomrim on your walls, Yerushalayim. Now this has to be the voice of God now. Tamid lo yachashu. They will be there. They will never be silent. Those of you who mentioned God, don't be silent ever. That's the Navi again. The, again, so there's a, all the conflation of moving back and forth in the personalities. nu domilo. Don't give him silence. Until he makes your shalim a praiseworthy land. Meaning, don't stop nudging God until he, until he makes this happen. So there's a vision of what the city looks like, and then a promise that it's going to actually look like that. But we have to keep pestering God to make it happen. Right? Nishpa Adonai b'imino uvizroa uzo. God has actually taken an oath by his own hand. Now, you picture that. We take an oath by mentioning God. God raises his hand and takes an oath. That kind of image. Now, remember, in Tanakh, making an oath, you don't say, I swear that, but I swear if, and the if is what I'm not, I'm not going to let happen. I will never again let your enemies eat your food meaning come and pillage you, which is exactly the last parak of Eicha. What's the last parak of Eicha? Two generations or so after the Chorban. We have to get our own water from our own land, and we have to buy it. Right? We have to pay for our own food from our own land. Never again will your enemies take your stuff. Right? Um, and your enemies will not drink your wine. Who is going to drink and eat? Who's going to eat your food? People that I've gathered together and those who gather the food. Those who gather the grapes, they'll be the ones to drink it, meaning my people, and they'll drink it in my courtyard. 
Ivru, Ivru Basharim. By the way, just reading this after I just such a, a powerful piece. Ivru, Ivru Basharim, Panu Derech Ha'am. Now notice what we've gone to in the series. Go through the gates and open up a way for the people. Solu, solu hamesila. Pave the road. Saklumi evan. Get the rocks out of the way. Harimu salamim. And lift up a banner for the nations. Now notice how this goes back to the very first of the Haftarah. Of the Haftarot. In Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. Make an even path. All of the mountains will become straight and all the valleys will be raised so that everybody can walk straight from Bavel to Yerushalayim. And now what are we doing? We're paving the road so all the nations can come to Yerushalayim to pay homage. You see how it comes full circle. And this is the end. Now, God has made it known through the ends of the earth. So go tell Batzion. Who's Batzion? Yushalayim, the people of Yushalayim, the land. Your salvation is coming. He's coming with his reward, meaning he's paying you the reward of your suffering. What will the rest of the world call you? And there were people who were saying this in 1967. And the people saying this in June of 76. What are they calling you? They're calling you Am HaKodesh Ge'ulei Adonai. The holy nation redeemed by God. Now notice the powerful statement. You will be called the sought after the city, the city that was not abandoned. You could read Lo Nezava as the city that's no longer abandoned, but I don't think that's the meaning. It means that we now understand it was never abandoned. God never really abandoned you. And now there's a turn. Who is this who's coming from Edom? That, of course, takes us to which nation? Esav and Edom. Maybe an allusion prophetically to the Romans, maybe. But remember in last week's Haftarah, we dealt with Yishmael. Son Kedar, and bringing all the animals from Ishmael and Aram. Now we're going to Esav. He's coming with with soiled clothes, wine stained clothes from Botsra, is a town in in uh, Edom. But notice the play: Bot Livzor is to harvest grapes. He's coming in this glorious uh, garments, right? comes from right here, which means it's as if God is coming. The warrior God is coming. God the warrior is coming from Edom with what's what what's the red? The red is the blood of victory. And the coming in glory. Rav Why are your clothes red? And your and your garments are like somebody who's trampled in the in the wine press. I trampled the nations. And all of their blood essentially came on me. Now who is this unclear? The messianic imagery that was adopted by Franco-German Jewry in the 12th and 13th centuries, very much in the footsteps of the Crusades, was taken from here, of a bloody geula, an avengeful geula. Read Yisrael Yuval about that. 
Vabit ve'en ozer, v'shtamein ve'en somech. I looked around, there was nobody to help me. It sounds like Am Yisrael. Tosha li'zro'i v'chamati yispachatni. My own strength helped me. V'avus amin bi'api v'ashakrem v'chamati. V'orid la'aretz titzcham. And I took them down on my own. All right, where is this going? We have to figure this out. Chasdei Adonai Azkir. Back to the first person. Now, before there was a first person talking about as the warrior being interviewed, but here there's an initiate. The, the, the first person initiates. Chasdei Adonai Azkir Tilot Adonai. I will tell about the kindnesses of God, the praise of God. Kial Kol Malanu Adonai. All the great stuff that God's done for us. Father saying the sounds repetition, but all the great stuff he's done from Israel. Now, by the way, we're coming to the end, not just the end of the Saftarah, the end of the whole series. So we're waiting for a big punch. And by the way, notice we left the Chatan and Kalah far behind, and it's possible that Shabbat Chatan, they don't read this far. For good reason, as you'll see. Now, what does God say? They are my nation. Banim lo yishakeru literally means the sons who don't lie, but that's not what it means. It means the sons and my relationship. I will never deny my relationship with them. And now the final line. And you all know this line. We quote it all the time. And notice there's a kriyotiv here. Now this is not the only time that you have a kriyotiv with low and low, which is odd because you read it the same way anyways. It's a low. You have it in vayikra chafei. Where it's written low as if not, but it's read low meaning to him, which is the opposite. So I'll read it both ways. Behold, Tzaratam Lotzar, with the Ketiv is, in all of their troubles, there's no trouble. Behold, Tzaratam Lotzar. And now, how do you read it in the Kree? Behold, Tzaratam Lotzar. In all of their troubles, he's in trouble. He being God. And I think the two of them actually work together. Why is it that Am Yisrael ultimately has to realize that all the troubles are not really troubles? Because whenever Am Yisrael is in trouble, God's also in trouble. It's the shared pain that we know God experiences when Am Yisrael is hurt and is in exile, which is what relieves our pain. And not only that, but he also know that there's a Yeshua at the other end. Because if God's feeling that pain, ki'ilu. Umalach panav hoshiam. His malach has saved them. He saves them because of his love and his compassion. And he lifts them up forever. Now that's the Haftarah. And it took over half the half our shiur. This is a very long Haftarah. But you'll notice it bounces around between different kind of segments. So I want to show you one comment from the Psikta, and then we're just going to look at the structure. Remember the Psikta, the Rav Kana, I mentioned this before. It's the 4th century Eretz Yisrael Midrash, which is devoted to the special readings, both Torah and Haftarah, uh, of different times in the year. And there's a whole spe- se- section about the 11 special Haftarot that are read now, the three before Tisha B'Av, the seven after Tisha B'Av, and the one that's on Tzom Gedalia, the short term Um And it, some Midrashim that are collected about these Haftarot. In our section, it gives us a Mashal. Lematrona. Right? A woman, a matron. Her husband, her son, and her son-in-law all went on a journey. 
And they then they the word came that your sons have come. Amralam Yismachu Kalotai. So he goes, Good, my daughters will all be happy. Hare Khatanaich. Your son in law is here. Amrala Yismachu Brotai, my daughters will be happy. Kevan Shamrula Hare Baalech, when they said your husband has come, Amralam Ha Khadu Khadushlema. Now I have full rejoicing. In other words, her husband, her sons, and her sons in law all went off on a journey. When she was told her sons were coming back, she said, good, my daughters-in-law will be happy. When he said, my, your sons-in-law comes, good, my daughters will be happy. But when she said her husband's coming, when she was told her husband's coming, that's a full rejoicing. And now, what does she say? Watch, here we go. <clears throat> and watch this. <clears throat> your sons will come from a distance. Good, Sion's happy. Sion is my um, my daughter-in-law. So she's happy. But your your daughters, this is the last week's Haftara, your daughters will become so they're happy. In other words, every time she's told about some great thing happening with her children, she's happy for the next generation. Which approximates one of our psukim. My king is coming. Now I'm happy. Beautiful uh, Midrash. And it puts Sosasis, it puts that first person into the mouth of Yushalayim, the city. That's one way of reading it. I think there's another way to read it. We're going to take a look at it now. And I mentioned the particular questions here, but I want to quickly look at the at the structure of this Haftarah. The Haftarah begins <clears throat> with um, images of, uh, of, of glory, but it's all, notice, it is all first-person singular. And I highlighted in color all of the first-person singular verbs. Asis, nafshi, now, he'll be shani, he's dressed me, yatani, etc., it's all first person. That's the way, the way it's the first time in this entire series we've seen first person. All right? Now, what is the purpose of the first person? So I'm going to let you cook on that a little bit as we go ahead. We'll come back to it. Notice here in this section, it's all second person. Right? Meaning the nations will see your justice. All of the kings will see your glory, etc. It's shifted to talking to the city about the city. And the city will no longer be considered abandoned. You'll be considered a desired city and the land will be, will be desired and God will rejoice over you like, uh, like a husband with his new wife, etc. Notice that here we get the two of them together. He's talking to the city and he's talking from his own perspective. I have appointed guardians over your walls. Don't you be silent. All right. Hashem has taken an oath. That he will not allow. He's saying, I will not allow. So even God's voice comes into the first person here. There's suddenly a dialogue going on. We switch now, and we go to an image, as I pointed out, to going to the very beginning of the whole Nechama series. Not just Haftarot, but Nechama series in Yishayahu. Yishayahu Mem, where it all starts, which is pave a way, pave a path, smooth the road. But again, here, smoothing the road is not for us to leave Babel and go to Yerushalayim, which was, was in Mem, is we're in Yerushalayim, a smooth path for all the nations to come to Yerushalayim. So we've moved everything up. And now there is the, the great victory, 
which is the great victory over Edom, because that takes us back to our earliest days. What is the first conflict that we are promised about? It's the conflict between Yaakov and Esau. And Esau, of course, becomes Edom, Yisrael and Edom, then is a replay of that earliest battle. Notice, by the way, that in this Nivuah, there is an emphasis on clothing. Why is clothing so vital? Because think about Yaakov's theft of the bracha. It really set that conflict into motion. It all is done with taking Esau's clothing. And here, the Redeemer comes, and his clothing becomes bloodied. His clothing becomes bloodied with the blood of Esau, as it were. Right? Notice here that the warrior, whether it's Mashiach, whether it's God's voice, whoever it is, is speaking again in the first, in the first person. And we have to come back to that first person. So we have a penultimate passage, which is like <clears> an interjection. <throat> it's an interlude, Pasuk Zion, where somebody seems the Navi says, Again, I, I am going to mention the Hasadim of Hashem. Hashem has done all of this great stuff for us. And then the last two psukim bring it all together. So before getting the last two psukim, I want to talk about the first person. What is the advantage of this whole first person, Sos Asis? Big day Yashayatanis, put on clothing on me. So I want to take you back to Echa because I think this is a response to Echa. I don't want to use the word tikkun because it's a really misused word, but it's a, a taking what happens in Echa and turning it inside out. How does Echa begin? Echa begins as a dialogue between the Mekonein and the city. The Mekonein describes the city, then the city cries out, the Mekonein gives it voice. Second parak, same thing. What is the Mekonein, Yirmiyahu? What is he trying to do? He's trying to evoke among his listeners an expression of grief. The image is, or the sense is, that they are too struck by shock over what's happened to give voice to their grief. And he's trying to push it by describing in graphic terms what's happened and even giving the city voice and get them to grieve. It doesn't work. Because what he really wants them to do is to do tshuva. And the only way that you can do that is to first feel the pain deeply, give expression to the pain, and then turn the pain into a motivation to improve so that we don't have to go through that pain again and we can rectify. It doesn't work. So what happens in the third parak of Echa? And the whole parak is an autobiographic parak of Yirmiyahu. There's things right there, right from Yirmiyahu's life that we see. Because personalizing it, talking about the individual and saying, I went through this. I experienced this. I was where you were. I was at the bottom of the pit. Literally, Yirmiyahu. And then what did he say? Adonai Orli. God was my light. And I contemplated. I thought about it. I reached out to God and God saved me. Why, am I, why is Yirmiyahu telling us this? Because he wants every, his audience to do the same thing. Let's lift ourselves up in tefillah. Whether it works or doesn't work is a question. And it raises the question of what Perak Dalad is doing. But that's the value of this first person piece of personalizing it and giving me now not, uh, an, an, a, 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 an antiseptic speaker who's giving me information, but rather something of pathos of connection to a person who is experiencing this and is trying to get me along. And now what is it this is experiencing? The exact opposite of Yirmiyahu. 
This person is experiencing great rejoicing, great happiness, great excitement, great victory. Why is he experiencing it? Because, and why is he expressing his experience? Because he realizes, he, tell, he says, there's no way for you to embrace the gula without realizing the gula. You cannot embrace the gula that you are meant to experience unless you can relate to it and connect to it. And so I'm going to describe it as if it's happened, as if the gula has happened, and you are seeing it, you're living it. So sees Padraim, it starts that way. And in the middle, he intersperses it. And then he Ki'ilu interviews the warrior who talks about his clothing and everything else. And he finally comes together and says, azkir. I'm going to talk about the Chasadim of Hashem. All the great things he's done. And all of that is with one intention. Because the final step in the Nechama is for the Mitnachem, the, the person who needs to accept, who, who needs to be comforted, to accept the reality that things are okay now. It's very hard. Not just okay, but fantastic. And the terrible loss that you that you experienced not only is now fixed, it never happened. Irlo Nezava. You were never abandoned. The feelings that you had when things were terrible are now, in retrospect, an illusion. Very powerful stuff. Look at the end and see how it comes together. Vayomer ach amihemo. What is it God said? God said, this is my nation. Hema banim lo yishakeru. And again, I'm sorry. Hema banim lo yishakeru. Again, I think banim lo yishakeru doesn't mean they don't lie. It means my relationship with them will not be ignored, will not be turned my back on. They will always be my sons. And God is their savior. And what's the most powerful statement about that reliability that God is going to save us? Because when we're in pain, God experiences the pain. And therefore, there really is no pain. God always has compassion. God is always there to save us. And forever, he will lift us up. Now, you're saying this to a group of people who are still a small, beleaguered community in Yerushalayim, who are still living under Persian rule. And what you're trying to get them to do is what we do every year on Pesach is to imagine the world as it should be. Because you can only embrace the Gula if you can imagine the Gula. And that's what the Navi has done here. We've gone from Yeshayahu, whoever it is, speaking to the Jews in Babel and saying, okay, you've had enough, now it's time for Nechama, get ready to go. And lesson number one is, I am Hashem who creates everything. It's the first Haftarah after the introduction. It's about Hashem's creation over everything. Second thing is, he then says, you think I've abandoned you? I haven't abandoned you. Your face is always in front of me. And then number three is, Aniasora. Um, right? You think that things are so terrible. I'm going to show you how it's getting better. Then, I'm the one who's going to comfort you. I am. I'm Hashem. This is not some guy talking. This is the voice of Hashem. That's not enough. Ronia And that's the final message, I think, in Babel. Meaning from R7, that fifth is the last message from in Babel, which is, what's the refrain there? Remember, Amar Hashem. Amar Hashem. And the last one is, Amar Merachamech Hashem. This is all God's word. This whole Nechama is not some guy or a different guy, two different guys or five different guys. It's Hashem's voice. 
We now make our way to Yerushalayim. And we're in Yerushalayim and we're a small community and we have troubles with our neighbors and our walls are not up and things are bad. And what does the Navi say? Look around. You're going to have boatloads of korbanot coming from other nations. You're going to have people streaming to you. You're going to have adoration of the world. It still doesn't work. They still can't see it. So what does he do in his last shot? He personalizes it. And he makes it personal by saying, you all have been married. You know what how that feels. You've all been young and in love. You know how that feels. That's where I am. And he talks from the first person and he makes it very accessible, Mishalim, for them to be able to understand the love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for us. Embrace it. Understand that it's there. And then indeed, you will be able to be redeemed. And that brings us, of course, to the evening, and in our case, really the evening, the day before Rosh Hashanah, when we're now ready to stand tall as Geulim, as redeemed, those redeemed of God, and be able to embrace uh, full Nechama and full Geula. And you hear at Tzom that this should be a year when these Haftarot, which have already become so real for us, Baruch Hashem, with the unfolding Geula, should become even more realized, and we should be ready to fully embrace the Geula that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is leading us.